Would you turn this evening to uh, two openings? Well, actually three, excuse me. Three openings. Matthew 8, Mark 1, and Luke 4. Matthew 8, Mark 1, and Luke 4. I'll give you just a minute to find those places. We began last Friday a series we're calling Receiving and Ministering Healing. And uh, we've had a good time of prayer two weeks ago about this. And uh, believe the Lord is in it. And how many believe the Lord is still in the healing business today? And we got excited in our spirit before we ever started this that, well, actually the Lord spoke to us that many would be healed. Amen. And we believe many will be healed in the services. But not just in the services. We believe uh, many will be healed at home and on the job and in different places because you not only know how to receive a healing, but how to minister healing, help others to receive. And healing is not to be confined to the church house. Right? How many believe the Lord could heal you anywhere? Heal you at the bus station or at the airport terminal or heal somebody in the parking lot. Right? Anywhere he finds faith, you'll find manifestations of healing. Well, we, uh, we begin talking about how that we're going to look, unless the Lord deal, leads us another direction, at the uh, individual cases of people healed in the ministry of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are about 19 individuals who we have record of being healed. Now, it sounds like a lot more than that because just like this one, Matthew, Mark, and Luke record the same healing of the one individual. It's three times, but it's one person. Now, that doesn't mean there are only 19 people got healed in Jesus' ministry. You know that. I mean, there are several cases where it said many were healed. All that touched him were healed. I mean, uh, multitudes, great multitudes. But we're not talking about that. We're looking at each case where something is told about what was wrong with the person. And how they approached the Lord. And what he told them. How he ministered healing to them and how they received healing. Because how many believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever? If it worked that way then, it works just exactly the same now. Because the Lord's perfect, you wouldn't need to improve on it. Right? And how many believe that he hasn't changed, so he's still healing today. But also, he's no respecter of persons. If that worked for them, it'll work for us. If he did that for them, he'll do it for us. So that's what we're looking at in these uh, individual cases. And we begin by saying what an emphasis on faith there is. In all these healings, in uh, actually ten of the nineteen cases, the individual's faith is specifically referred to. And more than that, you can see their faith, but I mean in over half, their faith is referred to as the determining factor of their healing. Let me read some of them to you real quickly. When the nobleman's son said the man believed the word and went his way, his son was healed. Jesus saw the paralytic's faith and he was healed. 
the centurion, he said, as you've believed, be it done to you. Woman with the issue of blood, your faith made you whole. Two blind men, according to your faith, be it done to you. Ten lepers, your faith has made you whole. Blind Bartimaeus, your faith has made you whole. Are you hearing a, a pattern here? Syrophoenician's daughter, he said to the woman, the mother, great is your faith, be it to you even as you will. You know, I won't, I won't go through the rest of them, but can you see a pattern there? Believing in faith and healing. Faith and healing. Everybody say faith and healing. Now, I know that derogatory remarks are made. Well, y'all are one of those faith healers. Y'all are that faith bunch. Faith and healing bunch. Amen. (laughs) We do believe in faith. And we do believe in healing. Well, that's just that health and wealth gospel bunch. Well, gospel means good news. Poverty and sickness is not good news. Is it? Well, if you're sick and you can be healed, that's good news. If you're broke and you can be blessed, that's good news. Amen. The gospel is good news. So we believe very, very strongly in healing. And we believe it is the will of God for all to be healed today. All. Well, not all are healed. Well, we believe it's the will of God for all to be saved today. Are all saved? But it's still the will of God for all to be saved, right? I know not all are healed, but it's still the will of God for all. Everybody say all. How many? All. All to be healed. Praise God. Our our last Friday, we looked at uh, the case of the leper being healed. You remember that? Were you here? Three people were here. Y'all hadn't forgot all that already, have you? Remember the leper? Remember what his big question was? Huh? Lord, if you will, I know you can heal me. If you will, if it's your will. And, and how many are saying that same thing today? And how do we know what the Lord's will is about this? Well, you got it right there in the scripture. Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is he the Lord God who changes not? When the man looked at him and said, if you will, you can heal me. What did Jesus say? He looked at him. Oh, I like it. He said, I will be thou clean. Immediately was healed from the leprosy. Oh, that I will. I no longer listen to men's contentions on the point. Amen. I've heard the master say, I will. It set me free. From the barbed wire entanglement of men's theology. (laughs) Huh? We don't know. Maybe so. We hope so. If it be as well. No, I've heard. I've heard the word. He said, I will. For me, it's settled. And I've been healthy a long time. Glory to God. Oh, you're just narrow. Yeah, and healed. You can be broad-minded and entertain all these other ideas and float around wavering and vacillating and no faith and no healing. But it's better to be healed. You know, there are people that will fight you for their right to stay sick. (laughs) It's ridiculously sad, but they will fight you and go, well, now this is not always God's will. And they'll fight you over. Who would want to fight to stay sick? 
And, and these people are inconsistent. How many believe you ought to practice what you preach? Hmm? Okay, let's say you say, well, now, Brother Keith, I'm just sorry. We disagree. I believe sometimes it's God's will for people to be sick. Well, okay, you're wrong. But if you want to believe that, you can. I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not going to be ugly. We can still be friends and brothers. Amen. But, you know, be consistent. If you get sick, don't try to get rid of it. You just got through telling me you believe it's the will of God. Why do you want to go to the doctor and try to get out of the will of God? You either ought to resist it or you ought to receive it, but not both. What do we do? Do we resist it or do we receive it? If we receive it, don't resist it. Just lay down and the sicker you are, then the more in the will of God you are. See, people are not consistent, are they? And what they claim they believe. No, if you're trying to get rid of it, you, you must not believe it's the perfect will of God for you. So anyway, it is not the will of God. Healing and health and strongness, strength, soundness, I should say, is the will of God. Let's go on today to the second account we want to look at, we want to study. It's Matthew 8, Mark 1, and Luke 4. And let's pray before we read this. Matthew 8, we'll start with. How many believe the Lord could heal people in their chair in here tonight? Scripture said he sent his word and healed them. I mean, we'll we'll minister any way that the Lord says. We act on the scripture, primarily what the Lord leads us to teach on tonight. But uh, faith comes from hearing the word. Amen. Faith can come before uh, the middle of the service. I know I had the privilege of teaching healing school at uh, Raymond, Dr. Kenneth Hagin's ministry for a number of years. And uh, one day I was in the morning class, which was a small class. And it was only for those that had a problem in their body that they were believing for. And uh, I think there were like 20 people there that morning. And so it was very informal. And I'd just, you know, about like close to... Close to these guys here, I'd just be the few chairs around, and they could ask questions if they wanted to, and they knew that. And this one lady in the middle of my speaking, she raised her hand, and I said, "Yes, ma'am." And uh, I was teaching on uh, believe you receive, Mark eleven twenty four. Believe you receive your healing. Believe you take it. The Greek word literally means take. Believe you take it, and you'll have it. So she said, uh, "Excuse me, young man," because. Uh, I was, you know, she's old, old enough to be my grandmother. And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, young man, are you saying that I just believe I take my healing right now? And that's it? I said, yes, ma'am. That's your part. And the fixing you is God's part. Amen. Aren't you glad you don't have to fix yourself? Amen. Uh, you know, the, the hard part, so to speak, that's his. And to him, it's not hard, so... And I said, yeah. She said, okay, thank you. And I just went on with my teaching. Well, at the end of the session, she came up, I mean, smiling from ear to ear, just beaming. She said, look. I said, yes. (laughs) She said that arm was paralyzed. She said, I hadn't been able to write with it or hold anything. She suffered a stroke, I think, on that side and hadn't been able to really use it. She said, look here, look here. 
she wrote something. <laughs> What's it? Nobody prayed for her. Nobody laid hands on her. She just said, is that it? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, thank you. She believed she took her healing right there in her chair. It's no more difficult than that. That's what faith is. You believe, you receive, and then that puts you in a state of expectancy. Expecting to see things change. And God is faithful. Well, let's read about the healing of this individual. We'll pray and we'll read. Father, we thank you for your great goodness to us. We thank you for the freedom we have in in this country. Thank you for the privilege and the comfort of this facility and and all of us being able to be here and honor your word. And We acknowledge the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And we believe that the Spirit of God is moving among the people. And the angels of the Lord are moving among the people. Healing bodies. Changing body parts and organs. And doing what must be done to be whole. We ask for utterance and everyone to ears to hear and eyes that see. Thank you for revelation, truth that sets free. And by your grace, we'll not be hearers only, but we will be doers. We will act on your word and you're faithful to watch over it and perform it. We'll see results because you're faithful and your word is sure and true in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Matthew 8, are you there? Matthew 8 and verse... 14. This is the healing of Peter's wife's mother, or we'd say today Peter's mother-in-law. Does God heal (laughs) mother-in-laws? And sons-in-law and daughters-in-law. Yes, he does. When Jesus was coming to Peter's house, verse 14, Peter had a house. Might as well stop and preach prosperity here. (laughs) Did Peter have a house? Yeah. Why can't you have a house? That was a little weak. You know, what did Jesus say? uh, That he was going to prepare a place for us? Told us to not, you know, uh, be afraid or be concerned? He said, because in my father's house are many condos. Many efficiency apartments. Huh? (laughs) Well, Peter had a house. Peter had one, you can have one. That's good enough. Keep going. Jesus came into Peter's house. So if he hadn't had a house, there'd have been nowhere for Jesus to come to. You know, really, you just are not able to minister in certain areas unless you have certain things you know i mean we've already had some great meetings here and the church is you know just over a year old we had a great meeting with the copelands had a great meeting with brother jesse the planets we couldn't have had that if we only seat 200 you understand what i'm talking about well now nothing wrong with seating 200 if that's what you're supposed to do at the time but you see what i'm saying you can't have six visitors and you don't have an extra bedroom Huh? You, you, you can't loan people a car. And you've only got one and you have to use it to go to work that day. Are y'all with me on this or not? You, 
you know, prosperity is not just so you can say, hey, I'm a big fat cat. Look what I got. Uh, Prosperity is having the ability to bless people. The ability to do things for people. Finance something. Send people somewhere. They're telling you, thinking, you know, oh, I'd like to go see my my mom. I'd like to go. She's on the other side of the country. The ticket cost X amount. I don't know what I'd do for housing. And you just smile and say, "Uh, it'll be all right. I'll take care of that for you. Hmm? If the Lord led you to do that. And, and, you know, you, you must have certain things to do certain things for people. You've got to have the resources, the equipment. But Jesus came to Peter's house. He saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand. You know, last week we saw this, that Jesus reached out and touched this leper. And and immediately he was cleansed. He touched her hand. And what happened? The fever left her. And she arose and ministered. To them. Now that's a quick recovery. Isn't it? She's laying there delirious with fever. Jesus reaches down and touches her hand. Now we also know from uh, Luke's account that he spoke to her. Spoke to the condition. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he touched her and spoke to it. And the fever left and went away. She got up and started serving them. Glory. How quick things can turn around. How quickly. Everybody say how quickly. You know, don't don't despair. I don't care how long something has been uh, in a bad way. It can change like that. Can it? Woman with the issue of blood. You remember, we're going to look at her later on. But she had suffered many things and many physicians. How long? This particular hemorrhage, you know, was what did it say, 12 years? 12, that's a long time to hemorrhage. Weak. Went through all these operations of the day. Every procedure she ever heard about, every medication she ever read about, she exhausted the current present medical knowledge and all her finances. And was nothing bettered but got worse. Twelve years. Touched the hem of Jesus' clothes. Power flowed. Less than twelve seconds. She's healed. Didn't matter that it had been that way for twelve years. Wouldn't have mattered if it had been thirty years. Or fifty years. When faith met up with the anointing. Healing came. Quickly. Everybody say quickly. You remember the woman that had the spirit of infirmity was bent over. Couldn't raise up herself. 18 years. Almost two decades. 18 years bent over like that. That's the way she had to walk. That's the way she had to move around. Couldn't straighten up. Jesus saw her, called her to him. Said, woman, you are loosed. (laughs) From your infirmity immediately. She was made straight, straightened right up, and glorified God. Didn't say anything about her glorifying God those 18 years. She was stooped over. But she glorified God in her body. There might have been parts of her life that glorified God. But her body 
glorified God in that manifestation of healing just like that. Doesn't make any difference how long. Does it? Or how bad. Or how severe. How incurable. How terrible. Yeah, but how big is God? How powerful is He as a healer? How many believe the healing power of God is greater than the destroying power of disease? Life is greater than death. Healing is greater than sickness. Light is greater than darkness. Oh, hallelujah. Keep reading. She got up and ministered to him. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word. And he healed all that were sick. No unlucky ones. Not even one or two individuals that it wasn't quite time for them to be healed. Not even one or two that it wasn't God's will to heal. How many? Healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Oh friend this is redemption. This is redemption. So when people say, well, I, you know, no, healing's not for everybody. You just got saying redemption's not for everybody. Right. Jesus, the same time he bore our sins, he took our sicknesses and carried our pains. To say healing's not for everybody is to say the work of the cross and redemption is not for everybody. That's not true. It is for everybody. Everybody that'll believe. Go to Mark, please. Let's look at Mark's account of this same healing. Mark, chapter 1, and verse 22. They were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority, and not as the scribes. He didn't theorize. He proclaimed. He declared. Amen? He didn't come and say, Rabbi so-and-so has this position. But other Rabbi so-and-so feels this way about it. Hmm? And that's what surprised him, uh, the, the people, excuse me, because Jesus said, this is it. Spirit of the Lord is here. He's anointed me. Amen? For deliverance and healing and, and blessing and, and seeing. And then he closed the book and said, today, this is happening right here. Amen. Right now, today, this scripture is coming to pass in this service. Amen. Well, see, the scribes never talked like that. They talked about this dispensation and, and that dispensation. And way back when God moved with Moses and one of these days, some way, somehow, God's going to come and move and but you never talked about today. Because that just means something got to happen now. Amen. <laughs> yeah. and, and we got to play it safe because what if nothing happened? You know, then <laughs> we'd look bad. I mean, I understand a lot of folk today, bless their hearts, that, that talk about how God moved. Oh, how God moved way back when. And one of these days, a move's coming. Oh, a move is coming. And it's always coming. But Jesus is the great I am. Hallelujah. 
And how many know today is the accepted time? Now is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. If you'll believe and not harden your heart, you can receive today. Amen. Can I be healed tonight, Brother Keith? Yes, you can tonight. Healing is here. In the house. The healer is here. He didn't come without his healing. He's here. Anytime God is here, he's, he didn't leave his power at home. He's here with his power. Amen. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. In Mark, are you there now? The first chapter? Mark 1. 22, they were astonished at his doctrine. He taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. He got results too, didn't he? Because he didn't mealy mouth around. Hmm? How are you going to get results? You, you, must, you must speak with authority. You must be bold. You must know what you know. Know what you believe. You must be fully persuaded. Why do people mealy mouth around and go, well, we just hope so, and we don't know, and you just never know. How many Christians quote that? Like it's a Bible verse. Now, you know that's one of my little soapboxes I get on sometimes. But people do, don't they? They try to look wise when something comes up and they go, well, you just never know. Like that's supposed to mean something. Where'd you find that in the Bible? Where's that at? First imaginations. You just never know. Somebody dreamed that up. It's not in here. Can you know if the Lord told you he would do something? Can you be confident that he will do what he told you he would do? Yes, you can. So then you can know what God will do. What he told you in here he would do. He said you do this and I'll do that. Then if you do this can you count on it. He'll do his part. You can count on it. There was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out. He said let us alone. What have we to do with you thou Jesus of Nazareth? Are you come to destroy us? I know you who you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him. Said hold your peace. Come out of him. When the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out and they were all amazed. Insomuch as they questioned among themselves saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with what? Authority commands he even the unclean spirits and they do obey him. Everybody say it one more time. Authority. Authority. Immediately his fame sped abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. And forthwith when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her, and she ministered to them. Glory. How many believe this happened exactly like we're reading it? This is not a fable. This happened exactly like this. Peter's a real man that lived. He's in heaven now. He was married, had a wife, had a mother-in-law. Mother-in-law had a fever. It happened. It was a day. Amen. 
This is a a happening. This is a historical event. He came and took her by the hand, lifted her up. The fever left her. She ministered to him. And even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased. Word got out about people being healed. Them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of divers diseases. Cast out many devils. And suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Now go to Luke and let's read Luke's account. How many believing with me this evening? Luke chapter 4. As we said uh, last time, what are we looking at? We're looking at the ministry of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus was and is a direct revelation of the will of God for all people for all time. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Right? So when, we, when we, we see him healing people, we are seeing the unchanging will of God for all people for all time. Luke 4 and 38. 438. Jesus arose out of the synagogue. Luke 438. And entered into Simon's house. Say it one more time. Peter had a house. If Peter can have a house, I can have a house. And Simon's wife's mother, somebody said, well, I don't want a house. Well, you won't be bothered with one then. <laughs> okay, I'm not trying to push anything off on you. <laughs> I like my tent just fine. Well, great. Praise God. We're all happy. But I, this is for people that, that are believing for a house. Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever. Now, see, Dr. Luke gives you a descriptor. We saw that last time, didn't we? He'll, he'll give you a diagnosis. She didn't just have a few degrees temperature. She had a great fever. So we know the woman, uh, she wasn't just a few degrees high. She was delirious, perhaps in serious trouble. And uh, the Bible says they besought him for her. Well, Peter must have liked his mother-in-law. Right? He said, uh, and not just him, but the other guys did. Well, you can see a lot about her. What's the first thing she did when she got healed? Hmm? Didn't say, hey, y'all gather in the living room. Let me tell you about my experience here. Ooh, let me tell you how the glory came on me and healed me. Now, first thing she does, gets up and starts serving people. Does that make any difference? In somebody else being able to plead your case when you're not in position to. Let's just let's camp on this just a minute. Hold your place here, go to the book of Acts. This reminds me of another woman that you read about in the book of Acts. Anybody know who I'm thinking about? Hmm? I'm thinking about Dorcas, 9.36. Let's read this and then talk about it just a minute. Acts 9.36. There was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, and uh, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works. I believe it's a Williams translation says she had filled her life. 
with good works. And alms deeds which she did. Now alms deed is giving to the poor. So this woman didn't just do one or two nice things. I mean she had filled her life with good works and uh, giving to the poor. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. Whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. Now let's just stop right here. Somebody might say, well, I don't understand that. She was a good woman. How come she got sick and died? Well, you know, um, whether you are a a Christian worker or whether you're a minister, uh, you might have a healing ministry. You might be specially anointed to minister to the sick and preach healing. That means you're specially anointed to minister healing doesn't mean you're specially anointed above everybody else to receive healing. You've got to receive healing just like everybody else. Amen. 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 And if you violate natural laws and disobey God, or if you don't use your faith, then you're going to have problems. Right? And I think some people have thought, well, because, you know, God used me to minister healing to others, that just automatically takes care of me. No, it does not. Uh, God doesn't play favorites. You have to use your faith just like everybody else. Amen. And we don't know why. We're not told why. We don't, it's, it's not really any of our business. That's between her and the Lord. But she died from the sickness. And uh, as much as Lydia was not a Joppa, the disciples heard Peter was there and they sent to him, you know, desiring to come. And he went there, you know. They took him to the upper room. All the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. And we know from the previous verse, this is probably stuff she made for other people and gave it to them. She sowed, didn't she? Peter put them all forth and knelt down and prayed and turning to the body, you know, he ministered to her. She was raised from the dead and healed. But before that happened, he prayed for her. And before he prayed for her, the people asked Peter to come. Now, you know, when it comes to somebody that's in a coma, can't speak for themselves, can't pray for themselves, somebody like this, they're already dead. Well, they're not doing it for themselves. How can you plead somebody's case? Some cases are easier pled than others. I know it sounds humorous, but it's a fact. Some people you could say, Lord, as a pastor, I could say, Lord, now, you know, they're a big help to me. They're there all the time. They're faithful. They've taken a load off Phyllis and myself. They carry their weight in the church. They help minister to the babies. Their tithe is always there. They're strong. I don't want to lose them. I require their help. And I'm pleading their case. And I'm claiming their healing. Did you hear me? Other people you could say. "Uh, Lord have mercy. I know that. They show up. Twice a year and they never give a dime and they never help and they don't take serving you. But about all you can say in some cases is, Lord, could you give them another chance? Huh? And and he is a merciful God. But you see what I'm talking about? Prayer involves legalities. And uh, the more somebody believes in you, the more they're hooked up with you, the more they receive 
let's say the authority you would have in ministry, then the more you can do for them. With your faith, with your authority, the less they are, the less you can. There's nothing cut and dried about this. But how many know they had a solid case to plead with this woman? They said, now, Lord, you know, I'm sure Peter must have knelt down in there and prayed something like this. Lord, this woman's too young to die. This is not right. And look at this. What a witness she is in the community. What a servant. Now, now don't misunderstand me. He's not saying you, you owe it to her. He's not saying that. He's not saying because of all her good works, you are to heal her. The Lord owes that to nobody. The healing has already been bought and paid for. It's free. Amen. But we're talking about pleading somebody's case that's not at their self to where they can. And so you see this with Peter's mother-in-law. Let's go back to Luke now. You see that with her. That they besought Jesus for her. Can you pray for other people to be healed? Yes, you can. Pray one for another. He said that you may be healed. He said, any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. If they've committed sins, they'll be forgiven them. This happens. But again, do you see, it's not just a blanket thing. Do you understand, as a pastor here, I would have more authority to pray, Phyllis and I would, and our staff and other, the rest of the church family would have more authority to pray for a committed, faithful person than for somebody that didn't really care, wasn't trying to live right, weren't involved. You have more authority. Your family does too. So notice and look again. They besought him for her. And he stood over her. And he did what? He rebuked the fever. Now is he rebuking Peter's mother-in-law? Not rebuking Peter. Who's he rebuking? Well, let me ask you more specifically. Is he rebuking the devil? It didn't say that. I think sometimes we, we make a mistake by lumping everything together. What does it say he was rebuking? Let's, let's be exact. He rebuked what? The fever. I remember years ago I was reading through here. And I got to that and I thought, rebuke the, the fever. He was talking to the fever. Did Jesus do stuff like that? He spoke to trees. Didn't he? He spoke to the wind. Spoke to the waves. Didn't he? And he spoke to fevers. And when I read that I thought. Jesus is talking to a fever. Right? So many times we think. Well that's an inanimate object. I mean how many understand with a lot of. Uh, some would, would believe different. But with some healthcare professionals. And some scientists. If you told them you know what to do about this fever. Well talk to it. <laughs> There's a few that might. Think there's something to it, but a lot of them would shake their head like one of those religious nuts. You're talking about Jesus? Hmm? Is there a better example than him? Isn't he showing us how to deal with things? He didn't operate as God, he operated as a man. 
Showing us an example. Is this how you deal with fevers? And in reading that, I I thought Jesus rebuked the fees. Not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. He's not addressing the devil per se. He's talking to the fever. And I, I thought, can a fever hear? And I read the next phrase. What did it say? And it left her. I thought, yep. (laughs) Fevers can hear. Fevers can hear. And I got excited. This is the same time I was teaching healing school. And I thought, if fevers can hear, ulcers can hear. And tumors can hear. And growths can hear. Hmm? Question is, are we talking to them? And not just are we talking to them. Do we believe in the power of our words? Someone said, well, I said something and nothing happened. One fellow was talking like that. And the other other guy said, well, did you you do this? And he said, well, no, I didn't much expect anything. (laughs) (laughs) And people do. They're kind of trying something out. We'll give it a shot. Well, no, that's not faith. We're talking about faith. You you must have a revelation that you have authority in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you have a right to speak to things in your body or in your children's body. Every mama needs to know this. Every daddy needs to know this. And if a child has a fever... Or a child is what they call colicky. Or a child is, you know, some something. You're, you don't just sit there and, and wring your hands. Amen. Did you hear me? We're, we're not helpless. Many have never realized these things. But you and I are supposed to rule and reign Amen. in life through Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The anointed one. There's authority in the name of Jesus. There's power in the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. Amen. How many times I've seen it. I know uh, this is how my healing ministry got started. I was just a teenager. And there was a woman by the name of Emma Hale. That came and just showed up one day when my grandpa had a uh, a heart attack. We'd never met her. But a, she she knew somebody who was a relative of my granddad's. She just popped up in the hospital. She told us uh, that she would pray and the Lord would heal him. We thought, how do you know? We'd never heard anything like that before. I was, I think I was 14 or something. And uh, so she did. And he did. And he got well and came home. Well, we were very impressed. To say the least. And we all became good friends. And she and the young man that, that, that lived with her, they, uh, that she'd kind of taken in off the street, she did that, you know, that kind of thing. She, uh, they'd come visit my grandparents and we'd talk. And she said, she told me one day, she was very pointed. She said, you, you need to come see me. And I said, okay. And so I, I it didn't get out of my mind. So one day I showed up there. She was about, Two hours away. And uh, uh, I showed up. She sat and read scriptures to me. Talked to me about how God was a healer. A good God. And then she said. Uh, 
There's a young man, uh, no, there's a young woman that uh, I heard about that has a, uh, a child that's sick. And I'm going to go pray for the child. Would you like to go? And I said, sure. So we went. Next thing I know, we're out at this uh, mobile home park. And she's beating on the door. And this, this lady opens the door. She said, yes. She said, are you the, the woman that has the sick child? She said, yes, who are you? And I realized she doesn't know this woman. <laughs> and I immediately thought, oh, uh, we need to go. And, and uh, it, was, it was awkward for a minute there. She said, well, how do you know me? She said, honey, I don't know you, but the Lord does. And he wants your baby healed. Well, the woman teared up. She said, you believe in God? She said, mm-hmm. She said, well, you believe in healing? She said, I don't know. I never heard about it. She said, can we come in? She said, uh-huh. And so we came in. Poverty-stricken little place. Little sick child laying over there. And she talked for a few minutes and said, is it okay if we'd lay hands on this baby and pray for the baby? And the mother said, please, if you can do anything. And so she said, Keith, pray for the child. I thought, now, well, that wasn't part of the deal. You never said anything about that. And I thought, well, well, she said, go ahead. And I saw I'm not getting out of this easily, so I just did. God's a healer. You don't have to know everything. I couldn't have found a healing verse. At that point in my life. But I knew God had healed my grandpa. And, and, I, and I you know, was believing more and more. I'd always believed God could heal. But I didn't know if he would. Didn't know if it was his will or not. And I'm telling you. The Lord moved wonderfully. The Holy Ghost fell in that little trailer. That mother began to cry tears of joy. Instead of tears of grief. And you could see the color come back into the skin on that child. She quit crying and quit being fidgety and just lay there and started to goo in God. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. And I was never the same. Everybody say healing is the will of God for everybody. Everybody. But you see in this case that Jesus spoke to the problem. Do you suppose we could do that? Yes. Hold your place here and go to John. John fourteen, twelve. Well, let me back up. Verse 9. Jesus said, Have I been so long time with you and you have not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. Is Jesus saying, I mean, you have to read the other phrases as well, but repeatedly Jesus said, I don't do anything of myself, didn't he? The Father in me, he does the work. Is the Father in us? In the person of the Holy Spirit, does he indwell us? Then could these same kind of works that happened in Jesus' life happen in our life? Keep reading. 
Verse 12, verily, verily, I say to you. Does this mean this is something you can absolutely count on? Jesus takes the time and effort to say this. Verily, verily, of a truth. Of an eternal established truth. You can can build your life on this. He that believes on me. Who is that? He that believes on Jesus. Who is that? That's me. Everybody say, that's me. Do you believe on Jesus? He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. I wrote my name in there. He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall Keith do. Hmm? Your name ought to be in there if you believe on him. Then could you speak to a fever? Huh? Could you speak to an infection? Could you speak to a tumor? Oh, God is so good. I'm thinking one time uh, of a lady that came up to me and she said, uh, Brother Keith, she said, uh, I got this big growth. She had a thing about that big on her wrist. It was almost as big as my hand. And uh, we had preached and been talking about the authority in the name of Jesus. And uh, she said, I, she came down. We were having a, a time of laying on our hands, which is just one way to receive and minister. And uh, I could see faith in her eyes. She said, I just believe that that thing has to go. It has to, has to leave. I laid hands on that and, and we commanded that to be dissolved. And the Lord's my witness. I felt it go flat right under my hand. Now you can believe I'm a liar or you believe I tell the truth. I was there. Amen. 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 It, it went flat right under my hand. And, and she held her hand up. She said, it's gone. I said, I know it's gone. I felt it when it left. She said, it's gone. I said, I know it's gone. And we shouted. I've seen many cases where tumors and growths dried up. I've seen them where they happened just that quick. I've seen them where they, it took, in, in three days they were gone. I've seen them where they were gone in two weeks. There's no set thing about how this is supposed to happen. But there is power in the name of Jesus. And if you believe it. And if you'll speak to the situation. Then power affects it and changes the body. What's it been like three or four years ago? My dad had a heart attack. And uh, I flew in. It was It's amazing that he lived. The doctors were just shocked that he was alive in the condition of his heart. His heart just tore his heart apart. And uh, he was dying. He knows God. And he said he was leaving here. He said he, his, he was leaving his body. He could see it. He saw the glory of God. And, and he asked the Lord. He said, uh, Lord, is it time for me to go? And the Lord said, no. How many a lot of people leave early? So he started fighting. He started fighting to stay. <laughs> he started fighting to live. Amen. And he did. He came back. Hallelujah. He told me he was over at our house the other day. He was here and, and uh, that, you know, that was several years ago. And he's telling me, he said, Keith, I'm so glad I didn't die and go early and miss all this that God's doing for y'all. I said, I am too. I want to keep you around a while. Everybody say fight. Fight. The good fight fight. of faith. faith. See, there's some things if you just if you just quit and let whatever happens happen, you'll let the devil rob you. You gotta be a fighter. Amen. 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 
I don't care if you live to be 120. That's nothing. It's short, short, short. Don't leave early. Run your full course. Amen. Do everything you were put on this earth to do. Live till you're old and satisfied. Amen. Everybody say old. 50 is not old. 70 is not old. Everybody say old. Old and satisfied. You ought to say that again. Old and satisfied. You need to be so old that people go, man, he's old. He, he's old. How old are they? I don't know. They're so old. The old people call them old. They're old. Old and satisfied. Am I making this up or did the scripture say? 91st Psalm. What did it say? With long life. He'll satisfy you and show you his salvation. Stay around. Stay around. There'll be plenty of time to enjoy glory when you get there. This is short. Don't cut out early on this. What was I telling you before I got into all that? Yeah, about my dad. Anyway, I was was in a meeting when that happened. And uh, he was living, but then he got got to the, the hospital. And they said, man... You know, his kidneys are failing. His blood pressure is nothing. And, you know, and so I sat there by his bedside and I prayed in tongues. And I began to see what to do. We're going to put our faith on one thing at a time. Amen. 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 They said the most critical thing right now is his blood pressure. This blood pressure, he can't live like this. Well, it was supernatural. He was, you know, he wouldn't go to the doctor for I don't know how long. Should have been dead. And uh, so we put, we put our faith. And I, and, and I said, in Jesus' name, blood pressure, come up. Amen. I'm not talking to Dad. Did you hear me? Right. I'm not talking to the Lord. Did you hear me? Yeah. I'm not talking to the devil. Right. I'm not talking to myself. What am I talking to? Blood His blood pressure. Can blood pressure hear? Yeah. Then if yours has been too high, what should you be doing? Hmm? Yeah, somebody got it. Yeah, if you believe your medicine is helping you, it's okay to take medicine. Some people get confused about this. They say, well, I got, I got to throw my medicine away if I'm going to operate in faith. Said who? Who said that? Where's that at in the scripture? No, uh-uh. In fact, medicine won't even do for you what it's supposed to unless you take it in faith. Believing that it's supposed to help you. If throwing your medicine away would heal you, all we'd have to do is go to the hospital and get, even if people were, were sick, get their medicine in their hand and go, now throw that stuff away and they'd be healed right there. <laughs> Throwing medicine away doesn't heal you. Amen. Now, if the Lord told somebody to do that, well then they should do it. And how would we know if it was right or not? It would work. Right. Hmm? I said it would work. But I have seen scores upon hundreds and hundreds of cases that I have seen where people put their faith on the thing and they just kept getting better and better until they didn't need it anymore. Amen. Until the test came back and they said, well, hey, we've got to take you off of this because you, you, you know, your pancreas is working again or this, is wor- this gland is working again or this is producing again. Amen? Amen? It's your faith that gets the results. And you don't try to... Force God into something. Well, I'm going to throw this away and God will have to do something. Oh, no, he won't. Uh-uh. No, you don't force God into doing it. That's not faith. But uh, 
we, I put my faith. And, and Phyllis, you, were you there? No, you had some things that, that exactly in the meeting. And so I sit there by that hospital bed. And uh, guess what, what the doctor said the next morning? Look at this blood pressure. Man, this is looking good. <laughs> well, wonder, boy, that's quick. I thought, yeah. I said, what needs to happen now? They said, well, his kidneys. His kidneys are not producing. We're working. We can tell. That, that's got to come up or there's going to be serious problems. I said, okay. They looked at me like, what do you mean, okay? <laughs> you just do what you do and I'll do what I do. How many know we can work together, right? They can do the natural side. We have a spiritual side. God can do what they can't do. And any doctor that doesn't respect that is ignorant. Did you hear me? God did not give us doctors and medicine as a replacement for his healing power. Doctors and medicine are a helps ministry. A natural helps ministry to God. Just in the natural. But doctors can't heal you. Healing is of God. But they can do things that can help you. Thank God for A lot of folk in here would be dead if it wasn't for doctors. We thank God for doctors. But doctors ought to respect the Lord. Amen. And so I sat there that night and I said, kidneys, you listen to me. And he, he was cognizant enough. He joined with me. And he said, uh, I said, in Jesus' name, kidneys, you function normally. You function normally. You come back into full normal operation. And he said, yes, amen, my kidneys function normally. Guess what they said the next morning? They said, praise God. These kidneys are just doing great. I said, yeah, that's right. What's next? (laughs) And I'm telling you what, he was here just not too many days ago. He and I took a hundred mile motorcycle ride, climbed hills. Man, he just fully recovered. Glory to God. No doubt would have been dead if not for the mercy of God and goodness of God. I'm just giving you examples. There are many if time would permit and it was appropriate. But can you? Speak to situations in your life. Can you? Yes, you can. Can you, can you put your faith on something? Yes, you can. I know a friend of mine, he had real problems with his eyes for years. And he had to wear super, super thick glasses. And even that wasn't enough. He, he, was, he was, you know, uh, near blind in some, some degrees of light. And... Uh, I, he heard some teaching along this line, and I saw him. He began to say, Eyes, I call you perfect. Eyes, I call you right. Eyes, you see normally. 2020, you see like you're supposed to. I command you. And then he'd put his glasses back on and drive home, thank God. Hmm? Throwing your glasses away doesn't heal you. If that would heal you, then, you know. And you know, I, I realize with age sometimes, some corrective lenses, that doesn't have to be a big deal. Don't, you know, get upset about that one way or the other. But this guy, I mean, he couldn't have seen. He's a young man, and, and it, wasn't, it just wasn't right. It wasn't nearly normal. And he did that for two years. Everybody say two years. Two years. Two years. And I was in the service one day when he took his glasses off, and he didn't put them back on. I said, you ain't got your glasses on. He said, I don't need them anymore. He said, stand back there and hold that up. I, I held it up. He read stuff from a distance. He read small print. But he spoke to those eyes for two years. Everybody say, spoke to them. 
Two years. Keep your faith on it. So why did it take so long? Well, the problem's not in the in the healer. The challenge and sometimes the delay is in the receiver. It's people getting their faith where it ought to be. I want you to stand on your feet, please. We're going to act on this. I said we're going to act on this. Numerous ways to receive healing. Numerous ways to minister healing. Jesus rebuked the fever. Everybody say rebuke. He didn't. How many understand that doesn't mean he said, now fever, you can't stay. Fever, please leave. Is that a rebuke? It's not a rebuke. How many know that fever couldn't have been of God? Or Jesus would have never rebuked it. Right? If God, if the, if the Father God had put that fever on that woman, no way would Jesus have ever rebuked it. So we know it wasn't of God. He rebuked it. He rebuked it. He said, fever, get out of here. Fever, leave this woman's body. Today we'd say, in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus touched the, uh, the woman and he spoke to the problem. I want you to lay your hands on your own body. The Bible said believers would lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You're a believer, aren't you? Then you're laying hands on yourself. Right? If there's some problem, you can receive right now. Say it out loud. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Sickness, disease is unacceptable in the house of the Lord. Now lay your hand on your head. Say brain, function normally. Be perfect. Be sharp. Be quick in Jesus' name. Any inflammation, any swelling, any infection, I rebuke you. Leave. In Jesus' name. name. Now put your hands back on your your chest and your stomach. Say that to your whole body. Any infection. Any inflammation. inflammation, Any swelling. swelling, Anything toxic. toxic, In my body. body, Be neutralized. neutralized, And be eliminated. eliminated, Out of my system. Be gone in Jesus' name. Now take a deep breath. Believe you receive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus spoke to things. We do the same works he did. Lay your hands on your eyes. Say eyes. I command you, be normal, function properly, see and see well in Jesus' name. Put your hand on your ears. Ears, be open, hear, hear normally, hear perfectly, 
hear well in Jesus' name. Lay your hands on your face and your nose. Say nasal passage, sinuses, cavities of the skull. Be open. Be clear. Be free. Lungs. Be normal. Be clear. Be clean. Breathe free and full. Take another deep breath. Believe you receive healing. Take another deep breath. Hallelujah. Now listen to me. Don't say, well, well, you know, I smoked for 15 years. I smoked for 30 years. I, you know, I can't expect too much. Listen, God's a merciful God. He'll cleanse your lungs. If you didn't release faith that time because of believing that way, you change your thinking right now. Repent of that and receive your healing. God's a merciful God. Say it again. Lay your hands on your chest. Say it again. Lungs. Be clear. Be clean. Be healed in Jesus' name. Take a deep breath. Oh, my, 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 my. I can see, I see in the Spirit fresh pink lung tissue in the bottom and in the sides of a lung. Oh, my. Take another deep breath. Hallelujah. Oh. Glory to God. We're going to have some whopper testimonies out of this. God's healing lungs right now. I I see it. I see it. It's like it's pink. Real pink. (laughs) Not black like it was. It's pink. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Now, now be careful, be careful. Don't don't say, oh, I don't believe in that. He's just making that up. You better watch out. Uh, if, if you mock the Lord, you're in trouble. If you don't understand, you don't believe it, just don't say anything. I'm not asking you for anything. Nobody here is asking you for anything. But beware lest you mock the Lord. Everybody say out loud, I believe in healing. God used to heal. He's never changed. He still heals today. He's my healer. Lay your hand on your heart. Man, I see that pink tissue in that lung just as clear as I see that plant right there. Somebody, there's more than one somebody. There's several somebodies have new lung tissue. Hallelujah. I know you wouldn't know that except by how it feels when you breathe. You could tell that. You could get a deeper breath than you could before. And and pain is gone. How many believe God can heal hearts? Healed my daddy's heart. Brought him back. I mean, he wasn't able to walk across the room hardly. But God's brought him back. Said out loud, heart. You're my heart. And you're the Lord's heart. For I am his. The Lord is the strength of my heart. Strength of my life. Forever. Now we've we've already spoken to any inflammation. You realize that? We've already spoken to any swelling. 
We've already spoken to that kind of thing. Any infection. Said out loud again, no infection, infection. can live in my body. body. I say, you mean business when you say that. No, we, we don't tolerate it. Can't live in us. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. But now anything that's been damaged, we can speak healing to it. Say it out loud to your heart. Heart, be healed. Every valve, be healed. Be normal. Heart muscle, be strong. Function completely, fully, normally. I command you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now lay, lay one hand on your stomach, one on your back. Yes, you do have time for this. This is, this is, ooh, hallelujah. Said out loud, liver, be cleansed, be clean, and be healed in Jesus' name. Kidneys, be cleansed. Be normal. Function perfectly. Completely. In Jesus' name. Now lay your hands on your stomach and your lower stomach. Sit out loud. Intestines. Stomach. Esophagus. Colon. My entire digestive system. Be cleansed. Be healed. Function normally. Any obstructions, any blockages, be removed, be dissolved, be opened in Jesus' name. I don't know any better word to say than this. Any kinks, be loosed, be straight, be open, flow free, be normal in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Take another deep breath and believe you receive. Hallelujah. Take another deep breath. Believe you receive. Hallelujah. One more time. Take a deep breath. Believe you receive. Hallelujah. How many believe Jesus is the healer here at Faith Life Church? He heals people in this church because we believe in him. We have faith in him. We honor and respect him. And we receive Him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, it's time for arthritis to leave. Bursitis. Rheumatism. Whatever you want to call it. I don't care what kind of name. How many know nothing's too hard for the Lord? Yes, but Brother Keith, this is this kind of... I don't care. You're showing it too much respect. Acting like it's harder than something else. The Lord can heal anything. Anything. Lay your hand on a joint. Whichever is handy. A hip or an elbow or a knee or whatever it is. And let's relieve. If you're doing good, release faith for somebody else in the crowd. Say it out loud. Joints. Now see, we've already spoken to inflammation, haven't we? Already spoken to swelling, haven't we? Already spoken to infection because that can't stay in our body. So speak directly to this. Arthritis. Rheumatism. You cannot function in my body. I speak to every joint in my body. 
wrists, fingers, toes, elbows, knees, hips, every joint, vertebra, spine, neck, skull, bones, cartilage, ligaments, sinew, be healed, be normal, be strong in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now believe you receive. Believe healing power comes into your joints. Move them a little bit. Move a shoulder or an elbow. Oh, hallelujah. Even if something's been damaged, God can restore a joint. He can put in new bone. He can put in a new joint. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I receive. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Just believe God's pouring in all and wine. Holy Ghost oil into your joints so that you have fluidity of movement, freedom of range of movement, movement without pain. It's, it's not, it's not a, a dream. It's a, it's a reality by faith. Amen. What was that, Lord? Bring that to me again, please. Yeah, yeah. Lay your hands on your front of your body again. Say it out loud. Immune system. Be strong. Unhindered. Unhampered. By anything. White blood cells. Be strong. Be normal. Red blood cells. Be strong. Be normal. Every gland. Be perfect. Be normal. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. How many believe your immune system is strong? Strong. Anything tries to come up in your body, boy, your immune system shuts it down. I mean, it's strong immune system. Strong immune system. Strong immune system. Glory to God. All right, say this out loud too. Skin. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Skin, be clear. Be clean. No hives. No rashes. No allergies can live in me or operate in me. I rebuke every allergy. Leave me. Be gone from me and don't come back in Jesus' name. I don't have allergies. I don't receive allergies. I don't entertain allergies. I am allergy-free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, praise.
praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.